0: Best God, give me the bat. Stop swinging the bat. Right the fuck in I'm not going to hurt you. I'm just going gonna to make a new rule. Whenever I'm in here, you hear me typing.
1: Welcome to Cocktails Cinema. I am your first host, your first favorite bartender.
0: Best goddamn bartender from Timbuktu to Portland, Maine. Amen,
2: brother. Your third favorite author. And I'm here with the boys. The boys. Introduce yourselves. Hey, hey, Faz Man here. Glad to be here. Let's do this movie. I'm pumped for this
3: one. What's up, guys? It's Shasti. Doing some work. You know where I'm at. Fuck yeah. So we're all pretty pumped about this movie on different levels, but we are pretty pumped. Oh yeah, at all
1: levels. So uh, this being our second October episode, we are Good we are reviewing and analyzing The Shining. Classic. And while we do that, we're gonna mix up some classic old fashions.
2: Love me a good old fashioned, Josh. Best goddamn bartender from. <laughs> goddamn y- right. Goddamn right.
1: Um, so we got? a traditional old fashioned, obviously, just like any base cocktail, you can you can fumble around with this a little bit, but you start with two ounces of uh, whiskey, typically bourbon. Bourbon. Um, in mine, I, do, I muddle an orange slice and a Luxardo cherry. Specifically a Luxardo not a maracino. Um I'll tell you why in a minute. But, Just hold um, your horses, people. <laughs> and you can either do simple syrup or a little bit of the, uh, the cherry syrup. I prefer to do cherry syrup and it needs it because it's a whole it lot does. of booze it's yeah it's one <laughs> it's hell strong of a
2: front, it is
1: good and then depending on your preference two to five dashes of bitters today we're working with cherry bitters i love cherry bitters um but there's a whole host of stuff out like the there Nostro, the chocolates i mean there's yeah ton, there's tons of bitters out there and it's, it's it can get pricey it can it can but i do highly suggest that you especially if you're if you're if you're trying to make some really top-notch drinks at home you don't have to invest in top-notch whiskey. You don't have yeah. to have your Basil Hayden's or your Angel, Angel's Envy. You can, like today, we're working with, with uh, Jim Beam. Good old Jim Beam. So you can, you can rock a simple bourbon as long as you, you, you balance the drink properly. And you use, you know, decent decent <laughs> uh, ingredients otherwise. So, like, I was talking about the Luxardo Cherries. The difference between a maraschino Cherry and a Luxardo Cherry is Luxardo Cherries are technically the original maraschino. But it's a thicker, more fruit-based syrup. Um, it's it's not dyed quite the same. It's it it's it's a much more uh, it's sweeter and it's more savory is it at the same time. darker as well. They're darker.
2: Okay, so so is there other brand like I think like big, you can do bada, Bam bing Bam bada bing or bada bing. Yeah, bada bing them. is
1: a, is a good is a good. Uh, I
2: enjoy those.
1: Uh, a cheaper cheaper alternative if you don't want to because because cherries are fucking expensive. Mm-hmm. But you can rock it with with bada bings because they use that same heavy rock syrup. It. <laughs> that that same heavy syrup uh, method, and then as far as the bitters go, which are also a key. There's not a whole lot in there, but mm-hmm. bitters make and bake break a drink. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I would I mean, say mess around flavor with profi- profiles yeah.
2: as far as that goes. It doesn't really change the upfront taste as much, but mm-hmm. like the the finish, absolutely. You know, and it's, it's the lingering flavor. Mm-hmm. It's aromatic, and they make so many different styles, and it's really kind of cool. Actually, you can change change a whole drink by a couple mm-hmm. dashes. You know, it's it's. The it's only crazy. two things I would avoid, as far as bitters go for an old fashioned, is don't use Pishad's. Pishad's is is a. Is that the brand or the?
1: Yeah, so Pishad's that? is the name of the bitters. Um, they are like a Louisiana or a New Orleans bitters. Um, you would, I, I prefer to really only use those in Sazeracs. We will get around to making Sazeracs someday, um, but and then don't use celery bitters. But everything else is up for up for grabs. I so you didn't can do even know they made celery bitters. Mm-hmm. Huh. But so those a. are those; <laughs> those take some finesse. Yeah, I'm sure. Because sure. you gotta you gotta know where to put them. If you're making a spicy uh, a spicy Bloody Mary, go for your your celery mm-hmm. bitters and mm-hmm. see what Makes happens. Um, but yeah, like I said today, we're using cherry bitters. Um, those even range in. If, if you want to really double down and, and get top notch bitters, go with Woodford's cherry bitters. Otherwise, any cherry bitters will do. Like as Woodford Reserve that they make mm-hmm. their own. I didn't know. Yeah, they, they that. make they make their own bitters and they're. Damn good. Yeah, it's I mean, damn stick good. to the Kentucky row, you know? So, a, a little warning. This is a... It's it's, it's called an old-fashioned fashioned for a heart. reason. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a stiff sure drink. It's All right, take yourselves a sip.
3: spit
2: <sighs> <laughs> it yeah. right out. No, it's good. <laughs> I mean, it, it's it's really good. I mean, I, I grew up with
3: mm-hmm.
2: this. So, when I first started drinking, I was a whiskey guy, mm-hmm. like nonstop, especially bourbon. And I'd throw in the Canadian Club, you know, the... Yeah. the canadian blends, you know, captain i'm sorry, uh, crown royal. Mm-hmm. Um but it's crazy what they have now. Like they have like these stones, you know, mm-hmm. you can just do that so it doesn't the it doesn't water down. You actually get yeah. the, the whole full smoky and you never really kind of want to shake whiskey anyway cuz they say you can bruise it. Right. So it changes everything. Well, that's that's the thing I forgot to say about, you know, mixing this drink is you
1: stir it instead of shaking mm-hmm. it. Um and like like Greg said that's really important because it doesn't quote unquote bruise the whiskey mm-hmm. and you, i mean you don't want it frothy this is a drink that's i'm not somebody I'm who making can a manhattan yeah. martini i'm not Hades. somebody who can sip straight whiskey or bourbon mm-hmm. so an old fashioned is a really good alternative for me where it softens that that bite the but geese are Jesus coming right. Yeah, 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 yeah. We're
3: getting, we're getting some hacklers. We're going to need you guys to shut the hell up and go up to North Canada or something. Stupid geese.
2: All right. Holy shit! I guess falls upon us already. Yeah. <laughs> They're gone. They're headed. That's it's our, that
1: easy. It's our audience. It's a bunch of geese, apparently. All it's our geese. live audience. But yeah, so, I mean, old fashions are really simple. I mean, it's easy to fuck them up, but it's also easy <laughs> to get there them right.
3: Those geese, sorry. <laughs>
1: Um, and for somebody who if you want to be quote unquote dignified with your drinking, an old fashioned is definitely the way to go. I
3: love good old fashioned. This one's good, Josh. Now,
1: the reason I decided on the old fashioned instead of straight bourbon. Yeah, is because I'm a (laughs) pussy and I can't sip straight bourbon. It it just burns my mouth.
2: (laughs) Burns my mouth.
1: So it burns my loins. You know, we went (laughs) well Yeah, I mean (laughs) Ooh speechless. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> anyway. So
2: there's you can also you can, <coughs> some people don't like to muddle. Mm-hmm. Some people just want that faint hint of the flavorings of the orange. And yeah. Cheese, so but. if you're
1: not going to muddle, I would say instead of using an orange slice, um, take a little bit of orange peel and you'll do what we call expressing the, the orange oils. Peel. Yeah. So you'll you'll get a strip and you'll get right over the drink and you'll twist twist, yep. twist the the peel. You won't break it. But you'll bend it as, as far as it'll go, and it releases all those oils on top of the whiskey. And I also like to do, a,
2: if I'm doing it that way,
1: uh,
2: a rim. swath it around the rim yeah. Yeah, just to get that mouth feel right off the bat.
1: You're going to love when we get to Sazeracs. Like I know this is the second time i brought it up, but yeah. I have to... It this is like a, a complete rapper. aside. So we're probably going to <laughs> torture ourselves and watch Mississippi Burning someday. <laughs> oh or, or uh, what is it? Something Something in the Garden of Good and Evil. Midnight in the Garden of Good and Evil okay. with uh, Kevin yeah, yeah. Spacey. We'll do it because, yeah. But anyway, Stay we will path. get to Sazerac. <laughs> the movie we're watching today is The Shining. And before I hop into the speed review, um, per usual, I have a few behind-the-scenes things. So this movie was made in 1980. doesn't feel like it, but it was made in 1980, uh, directed by uh, the incomparable Stanley Kubrick. <laughs>
2: Is it set in 1980 as well?
1: Uh, I believe so. Right around there, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's kind of a timeless... Like they, I don't think they give an exact date. Yeah. Um, the
2: mystique of the cube.
1: So, did you want to go over cast really quick?
2: Um, there's a few. I mean, there's not a whole... The cast is obviously... It, it if you, Most of you have seen this movie, so it's not... It's pretty limited because they are in a hotel with themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, right. So... Obviously, Jack Nicholson gives a hell of a performance on this one. Um, he goes by Jack. Um, mm-hmm. and, or Johnny at some points. Yeah, at <laughs> one point. Um, Shelly Duvall is Wendy, his wife. Um, she gives a pretty damn good effort in this one as well. Like she, She's freaked out, you can tell. And we'll get into that, I think, too. Mm-hmm. Um, Danny Floyd is Danny, the son. And that's the, main, that's the family that's living in this place. Yeah. Um, and then you have... Scatman Crothers, which is like the. Uh, the butler. The butler. Or, yeah. No, I'm sorry, the head chef. The head chef. The head That's chef. what it is, yeah. And um, <clears throat> he is kind of the one that kind of quote unquote shines with, with, with Danny. Um, Philip Stone is Grady. Mm-hmm. And um, Turkle. Turkle is Lloyd, the bartender. Right. I don't know. I'm I, sorry, I didn't write down his first name, but. The bartender, I think, is a major part of this movie as well. He kind of gets things rolling. But I'll, uh, I'll give it up to you, Josh. So the last thing I wanted to talk about before we
1: got into the actual movie is uh, the hotel that the movie is based on is, uh, is, is an actual place in Colorado. It's called the Stanley Hotel. Mm-hmm. And it's supposedly one of the most haunted places uh, in the U.S., it was not the place where they filmed it, but it's where they where they based it. And um,
2: Sorry, Uh
1: I understand you had someone who actually stayed in the hotel, did something... Did they see some shit?
2: Room what? 237?
3: No, yeah, he wasn't necessarily in the room. Um, but yeah, I, I told my buddy this week, he hit me up to chill today. I was like, we're doing the podcast tonight. He's like, what movie are you doing? Mm-hmm. I said, The Shining. And he, instantly he said the name of the hotel mm-hmm. I, it's in Essex, colorado mm-hmm. his brother lives out there like he's the, he stayed there with his family yeah mm-hmm. stayed stay with his family in the 90s mm-hmm. and um he said that like on like a group text message okay and i was like what happened? You know what I mean? <laughs> right. Like, my, my phone he, I, blew up and covered. Yeah, with he just started blood. a new job last Monday, right? <laughs> he was doing side jobs with me a couple like months ago or whatever, but like mm-hmm. just started a new gig and like I could tell in the text how terrified he was. I was like, "What happened?" He's it called me instantly. <laughs> no shit. Don't fucking yeah. worry about it. He said he stayed there. He stayed there with his family. This is in the '90s, and he said when he woke up in the morning, mm-hmm. he he had he. He had what what he said was a spirit on top of him, choking him. He said he couldn't move; he was paralyzed. He couldn't breathe. He said he was—he was all he could—he he he could just look like straight up at this ghost that's strangling him Mm -hmm. and holding him down. And he said the ghost was just looking around, like who the fuck are all these people in my room? Mm -hmm. And and he, he no shit. Yeah, and he like when he like actually snapped out of it and like talked to his parents, was freaking out. Yeah, they were like, "You're just—you had a bad dream." It's the same thing as like. Yeah. The same thing. And is, so he's, he
2: probably never even saw this movie before they stayed in that hotel. Oh no. Yeah. No, you know Mark. Yeah, right. you know you know dude's parents. <laughs> yeah, man. I'm
3: sure I'm sure he wasn't watching The Shining mm-hmm. when he's like, you know, 7 or 8 years old and right. this crazy. But yeah. So
2: the the hype is real, folks, apparently. If you have any, uh, I mean, there's a reason Stephen King stayed there mm-hmm. and then felt the need to write about it. Yeah. And if any of you guys listening have any other stories to bring it on, please See, absolutely. give we, us a review. Talk you know, Mark, Let us know. If, if my hear. buddy
3: gets back a hold of me, mm-hmm. we might have him on speakerphone yeah, to sure. tell the story real quick because he, he wrapped it up with what Greg said. And he's like, you can go on YouTube and find enough stuff to make you mm-hmm. to sleep for a week. That's let alone if you stay there yeah. and something happened to you where you were paralyzed I and go. Like you couldn't breathe.
2: I want to fucking go. So, wow. that wow. said... That's cool. I'm going to creep down. I'm, I'm going to
1: fly through. This, this is going to be... This, this is going to be a speed run. This is going to be my fastest review yet. All right? <laughs> biggity, biggity, biggity. Jack Nicholson is the father of a, of a son and the husband to a wife. And he's a former, former teacher. He's a writer. And he gets a job as the winter caretaker of the Overlook Hotel.
2: Overlook Hotel.
1: And the... Uh, during the winter months the hotel goes basically, they close, they go empty. The only people there are the caretaker and his family. Because Rose gets closed, it snows a lot. So it's up in the mountains and there's there's just no feasible way to keep it open. Um, And after everybody goes, Jack thinks it's going to be a a good chance to do some writing, but he hits a severe bout of writer's block and he starts to have some uh, marital issues. And He also bumps into potentially some ghosts or whatever. We'll talk about that later. And he starts to go crazy. And he starts to basically reenact what has happened to several other caretakers. Where the caretaker loses their mind in the middle of the winter. They kill their whole family and then they kill themselves. So the majority of the movie is Jack losing his mind. um, And then the last... I'd say half hour of the movie, 45 minutes. He's chasing his family around trying to kill them and it ends with him chasing his son through a maze out in the yard and he freezes to death. His son and his wife get away and he is seen in a picture from 1921, uh, 60 years before <laughs> the movie a was slow made. Fade
2: back like a July 4th. Fade back. Yeah. yeah.
1: So there's it's a Kubrick film, so there's a lot of loose ends that don't get tied up. But There's a lot overall, of nonsense throughout the whole thing. Overall, what happens in The Shining is Jack Nicholson uh, is Jack Nicholson, and he loses his mind, tries to kill his family, and dies.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: The and end. Um, you oh. said the majority of the movie—that was quick, Josh. Nice word there. <laughs> but you said the majority of the movie was that, and the majority of mo- the movie is. <laughs> To turn your tv up and down 7 fucking thousand times it's a great flick and they're building the insanity inside your head
3: as I will say this okay. for anybody for anybody listening at home who, it sounded like who goes to watch a movie later you Star know whatever Wars. device <laughs> yeah. you, whatever device you watch on Today, I had an issue watching from my laptop and plugging HDMI into the TV and having the audio actually come out of the TV. Mm -hmm. So what I do is I put on my studio headphones, which are (laughs) super noise-canceling headphones, and heard every shriek and ominous tone that Greg's talking about, like... So so my, let's, Greg had to turn TV clear, down. Let's
1: be clear. There are not TIE fighters in this movie, despite the <laughs> yeah. sound that Greg so, made. Yes, it definitely says Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> no, It's,
2: it's, more, it's just okay, the music. It's yeah, so, a dark <laughs> ominous tone. No, so it's let's, not necessarily dark, but it's building the tension. That's, yeah.
1: that's actually a... I forget what it's called, but the, the music major in me kind of remembers um, there's a technique in Scoring. violin oh. where you flip the bow and you use the wooden part across mm. the string and... What Kubrick uses through a lot of this movie is a synthesized version of that. So it's this high pitched screech. And if you want to know what it sounds like naturally, go um, on. I'm gonna do the, go the sound. Yeah, we go on. just hear Greg do it again. Yeah, go on. It doesn't sound. It doesn't sound quite like Greg. He's close. But if you if you if you go on YouTube and you just look up uh, Threnody, T H R E N O D Y. I'm pretty sure is how it's spelled. Um, it's it's a piece that uses that technique a lot. I guarantee you won't need to listen to the whole thing because it's torture. Um, but if you want to compare the synthesized version to the acoustic version of, of that technique, that's what you get. But anyway, it's designed to unnerve the listener because it's just high pitch. It's like nails on a chalkboard. So the, the music is probably it's a worse. good place to start in this, in this movie because it really sets the tone. It, it's unnerving... It's like in the beginning, it's very clearly an 80s movie or a late 70s movie as far as that goes. But as the movie goes on, it's just very unnerving.
2: It's it's something. I mean, and it kind of fades away towards the end. Uh, But like in the beginning, the very end. Yeah. You know, when when they get into like where he's full blown insane, Mm -hmm. like it kind of fades out because now you don't need it. But they kind of want you to I I don't know if they want you to feel what Jack's feeling or Mm -hmm. but it's like something in your brain that you want out. Right now, yeah, and like it's terrible, terrible noise. But I get why it's there; it serves a purpose. Absolutely.
3: Just like every one of his creepy, subliminal bullshit shots that he does yeah. throughout all of his movies. When you're like Fucking at the Cooper. point where like this movie is starting not to make any sense, it creeps you out the most. <laughs> it creeps you out the most. <laughs> this so the unknown
2: is a fear as well. I
1: kind of, I kind of noticed. Like I've seen this movie maybe seven or eight times before this, but not, not as a not, Not as a critic. Yeah. Right, right. Watching it as a critic, I kind of realized that Kubrick is the prototype J.J. Abrams. He's he he sets up all these threads and he doesn't tie them all away. He doesn't Never. resolve everything. Yeah. And there's so much confusing nonsense in this movie that it's it keeps you off kilter. And I'm sure that's part of the reason he does it. But it's upsetting. It's upsetting. Yeah, you just went like because it's only about halfway through before shot your dog right before
3: there before Stanley <laughs> starts Kubricking all over the movie. I feel Kubrick, but I feel the same way. Yeah, I
2: I loved this Did he movie. he a lot of drugs? LSD and such. I'm not. I, I you know don't quote me on this, but
1: I'm fairly certain that Kubrick was a teetotaler. Teetotaler, no substances. Like he smoked oh, cigarettes, okay. but I'm pretty sure. He That's did cool. not partake. So he's like the Zappa. He's of just the a film fucking world. crazy person. Yeah, he yeah. probably said something. Yeah,
3: <laughs> everyone's got film. advice. If it's not weed or booze, it's fine. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And I mean, he, not he, he, <laughs> <laughs> Hey. <Right. laughs>
1: I mean, there's, and we'll we'll get into this later. But there's there's some opinions out there as to what Kubrick was really dealing with when he made yeah. this movie. Yeah. Whether it was abuse or. So what was, have you? Yeah.
3: Which sounds like <laughs> abuse is at the forefront of like any what mm-hmm. would be an underlying message, like yeah, you know the abuse scene where they don't even you know it's, yeah, Jack Nicholson pulls and it's, uh, couple it's extra yeah. foot pounds yeah. per second.
1: That is super realistic as far as how I mean coming from a coming from someone who ha, I I was in a rough household at times. Uh-huh. So yeah, um, like when. The kid clams up about it. That's that's super fucking realistic. Mm-hmm. When the people around you kind of justify it, that's super fucking realistic. And what
3: we're talking about is before Jack Nicholson mm-hmm. even does anything crazy in the opening yeah. scenes, that yeah. they allude to him uh, pulling his son Danny. He pulls his arm, son's arm, out, the his his arm out of socket. And they also talk about Danny. You know, he's yeah. got a, he's got a, a Tony, Tony who lives in his mouth. I was saying for people mm-hmm. who want to watch the movie later, and talks with and his,
2: his finger and stuff, and like yeah, yeah. Danny's got some stuff going on. And he goes to. Uh, some side, sort of psychoanalyst, but that was his his they initial violence. They, they literally tell them before he's talking about <laughs> chopping she... up his
3: family into little pieces. Mm. Like oh, yeah, they before. they allude to him hurting yeah. his son by yanking him. Well, it's, it's probably,
1: in one of those opening scenes three right. with Fucking years yeah, ago. where a psychiatrist comes to the house and tries to get it out of mm-hmm. Danny, but then the mom just kind of is like oh it just you know something you, you do all the time and yeah. and break
2: it down yeah. like, that's super real Well yeah but, yeah. but, the, but even the therapist is like it's 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 the uh Somebody talking mm-hmm. to you in, in, in your mouth and like when people come around, he goes into the he his hides, stomach. Yeah, like, th- come on, come the on. Therapist
3: asked him like, "Do you have reactions when you see bright lights?" And mm-hmm. you know, it's like she's covering all the grounds.
2: But again, you're talking to a five-year-old, he's not talking But to I
1: mean, a... and that kind of ties into, you know, Kubrick's personal fascination with psychology and psychiatry. Yeah. He was, he was a big student of those... Because those are
3: questions you ask your kid mm-hmm. if they're autistic, you know what I mean? It's like, you can mm-hmm. tell the guy's got, like, Something's knowledge like behind. This wasn't part of, like, the book, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, this, like, Absolutely. psychoanalysis that all the critics kind of give him shit for, or, like, analyze him for, mm-hmm. in a sense. No, so, it's, it's, it's... It's in the forefront in the first Absolutely. ten minutes of the movie.
2: Maybe that's part of what he went through, is... That his therapist or mm-hmm. whoever he's talking yeah, to he was, was, p- yeah. was, was in, inept and mm-hmm. unequipped to handle his scenario. Well, whatever. it's the 80s, you know, yeah, so yeah, it's,
1: it's still early in <clears throat> modern psychology. But it's, it's a theme that kind of runs through the whole movie because, as far as Kubrick con- is concerned, this is not a supernatural film, it's a psychological film. So Kubrick yeah. is examining the brain of every member of this family. Mm-hmm. Danny is a survivor of abuse and therefore he exhibits certain character traits. Shelley Duvall it suffers from battered woman same. syndrome, yeah. basically. Yeah. Yeah. And Jack, Jack is, is his father he's was clearly alcoholic. abusive. His, he was he's abused. an alcoholic, yeah.
2: and he's bringing the exactly. evil with him into this place. He's he's yeah, that, that mi- typical that, that mind. cyclical character. Yeah. The, mind, the mind's already tainted. Let's, mm-hmm. let's 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 root this motherfucker out. So those are that's the basis of what we're working with as far as characters go. Everybody's damaged. Yep.
1: And I mean that's that that's something Kubrick. Kind of learned from uh, Hitchcock, where damage all of yeah. your characters, bruise all your flowers. Mm-hmm. But I
3: will say that they mm-hmm. make it seem in the first it's scene that Andy clear. is the most damaged, mm-hmm. and that how Jack ripped his arm out of socket yeah. was just an incident, and it's slowly. But he's also touched, you know. What right, I mean? right, right, But I'm saying it's like Andy's the obviously troubled one, and it slowly yeah. develops to them like moving away to get rid of his problems, and you slowly see, yeah. That well, and
1: you <laughs> Not all of this was just on the page, either. So it is notorious fact that Shelley Duvall was basically
2: tortured throughout the filming of this movie. I, I remember hearing that, yeah. So she plays not, Wendy. Not to mention she's super skinny, but I think she played Olive Oil anyway, so she's already skinny. <laughs> I don't I don't think that's the kind of abuse <laughs> she went through. Well, I'm saying like, that. I don't think they
1: starved her. Just,
2: well, she seemed like she might have starved herself. You know,
1: well, it's possible. It's possible. But, I mean, Kubrick he was known for abusing his actors to get the right response out of them. So with was Shelley Duvall. He isolated her from the rest of the cast and he told everybody to give her the cold shoulder. And then there's a few scenes where he kind of pulled the wool over her eyes and told her one thing was happening. Like there's a scene where Jack is not, is hacking down a door
2: with the iconic scene yeah. where Jack is hacking down the door. So the that, everybody knows.
1: In that scene, two different things happened. So they, they originally used a fake door, but Jack Nicholson, and this is what I told you I was holding on to, Jack Nicholson was actually a uh, volunteer firefighter. I was just going to say that. Like, I'm a volunteer firefighter. I'm smoking in here. Fuck so, you. so he was destroying the fake doors, so they put a real door in. And then Kubrick told Shelley, he's like, hey, just stand to the side. You'll be safe. We're going to use a rubber axe. Like We're just going to beat the door down and not break it down. But then he swapped it out and he gave Nicholson a real axe. And the response that Shelley Duvall had when was he was cutting to the horror. door was real. Yeah, yeah. He he tortured the fuck out of that poor woman. And it's shit that would I'm never fly. He
3: didn't <laughs> torture her. He wasn't gonna hurt her. <laughs> I'm not gonna hurt you.
1: But I mean, he tortured everybody, and it, part of it was just his. He was anal, anal retentive. Yeah. He was an anal retentive asshole. So he would change the the script daily and sometimes multiple times Kubrick, a day. You're talking about Kubrick, yeah. yeah. To to the point where Jack Nicholson stopped memorizing his lines, mm-hmm. and he would just
2: learn them on set. That's to be pretty frustrating. I saw I saw from the, t-
3: the subtitles that I usually download are like from mm-hmm. the script, and it's yeah. not always a hundred percent. And I saw that with with Jack's character more than anybody. Yeah, that there were extra words, you know, thrown in here or there, like yeah. whether it's a dialogue with who he's addressing, mm-hmm. or it was like an exclamation to himself yeah. or something. There was, yeah, more more of his lines mm-hmm. were. Ad libbed, yeah.
2: Well, he's, yeah, he's, he's he's got that power. He's got yeah. yeah he's got yeah. that. Uh, you know. And then I wanted to add, I wanted to ask you, is there some is there a timeline uh, as far as like starting production versus ending production? Because how long can you deal with Kubrick's madness? You know, as far I don't I don't know, um, if you know that off the top of your head. But the, I, I don't know that. Like a, yeah. a six month thing where this poor woman's getting shunned. And like, I mean, we're we're talking about a time crazy. period where films were typically shot
1: over four to six months
3: yeah but i know that he's got the record like i yeah, said before of going the, of the most takes per scene i don't know who, right one of my buddies told me that it, it was somebody i trusted but it's like i don't know where you got that info from it's, i would not doubt
1: it i would and not doubt it yeah. so kubrick kubrick was sly about it too so he was given his budget and then he would trim his crew so that he could save money on payroll and buy more film so he was he was notorious for taking you know, 50, a hundred takes of every single scene. Just
2: every scene, and there's a mm-hmm. lot of scenes. Even yeah. on, like the DVD, the, the scene, the scene selection. There's, I think, there's close to like thirty-six or something. I like
1: believe that. it. And some of those, some of those are very short. They're yeah, like they're are artistic
2: course. shots of like the blood coming out of the elevator mm-hmm. and shit like that. But and it's just weird how that he he chaptered them too. You know, mm-hmm. like, it went from like. This to then it's like Tuesday, then okay. Saturday. Yeah, but
3: it's like three years. He's like that happened three years ago. Well, I was, have a that fucking problem. That's with when he
2: him. that's when he ripped out Danny's arm.
3: Yeah, but in the in the beginning it's like that was five months ago. The movie starts oh. out with Duval telling the therapist mm-hmm. that she said it was five months ago. So uh, by the point so she's that Jack, lying. no, by the point of Jack saying it's three years ago, ago, why isn't the kid three years older?
2: I see. I, I that may lying. have just maybe been. Maybe he's been lying a, to yeah. himself. He's talking to the bartender about that. Maybe he's lying to himself. Like that—that's oh, a see. Kubrick yeah. change.
1: Because in the book, it is definitive that he quit like years prior. Okay. So that's a Kubrick change, and it could be. It could. <laughs> it could just like be one like of those overlooked.
3: That ad- he overlooked that for his adaptation or something. Or, I don't. Know.
1: And realistically, I mean, it—that's it, not an injury that would take a kid very long to yeah. recover yeah, from. Yeah, like, yeah, it's rough, but you're at the at that age where. Your it bodies. happens
3: all the time in the park. Yeah. in the <laughs> stores. Right, yeah.
2: Well, you said, too, that as far, we're... I'm not going to hurt you. <laughs> we're Kubricking now, so I wanted to see... You said that Stephen King was not a fan of this. Stephen I mean, King hated, yeah, this hated it. Yeah, he
3: hated it.
1: It's only been in recent days that he's kind of... Like, in the in the last maybe 10 to 15 years.
3: That was the first thing I saw when I was looking up. Fucking hated it. Pictures, you know, uh, anything. For he this hated movie. it so yeah.
1: much that he commissioned a mini-series remake like two years later, or maybe three. Maybe it was eighty three. Oh, really? But yeah he he well, had so the he, he had a pissed. remake. Yeah, he was fucking furious. I mean, it didn't stop him from you know making that paper and selling his his film rights. Yeah. But he still had opinions. Did how well did they, this do in the box office when it came out? Was it pretty decent? Do you have that written down? Um, for, for this one, it wasn't as easy for me to find. Yeah, um, I don't think they won any <clears>
3: awards, <throat> but it had to do great, right? It, it, I mean, even in from what I after, understand, it right? did
1: okay, hmm. but. It's another one of those movies that became bigger yeah. with the introduction and this is this is around the time of, you know, the introduction of VHS and shit mm-hmm. like that. So yeah. with home video, it became a much bigger a bigger film and, you know, broadcast television picking up the yeah. rights to it. And
2: even though we've decided <laughs> that this isn't Josh's favorite film anymore, it is still on a on a list on top tier or suspense films. <clears throat> it's still listed as as
1: yeah, a top ten Horror film, absolutely. However, I mean, there, <laughs> it's because of those noises. There's also, it, that's part of it. That's absolutely part of it. That's it's the it psychology. Psychology, of it. psychology, yeah. But, I mean, even Kubrick didn't know what he wanted to leave in. So there's like three theatrical cuts for this movie, and like the 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 British theatrical cut is, I want to say, twenty five minutes shorter than the American cut. And then after that, they recut it almost immediately for broadcast on ABC once it left theaters and it's cut again and it's down to like barely 110
3: minutes. So real quick, I looked it up. It mm-hmm. didn't, didn't do great in the box office, mm-hmm. but it's obviously its own cult classic in its own sense, but um, it's gross just over 45 million. Yeah, since it's been released, I'm sure it didn't cost much to make. It cost fi- it cost 15 million to make. What? If you look at the scenes in the op- the opening scenes when they're flying through the yeah, mountains, like driving off Yeah, I watched that was I I watched it. I already said that I had watched it today in my studio headphones and heard all <laughs> these eerie tones. Yeah, like oh, forefront. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I also the download or I mean the movie I bought was in 1080. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And it was nothing like watching it on VHS yeah. back. Mm-hmm. The day. And they nod to and and I was, the, and the geography of it is spot on as far as like the Wolf Creek mm-hmm. Pass and the, all that the, kind of stuff. And they're from the boulders, shots through like the canyon that. when they're driving up the mountains. It mm-hmm. honestly looks like a drone <laughs> shot. Yeah. So you think? Yeah. Well, that was. If you think it's, of that, yeah. well, think, that, uh, like think of that in early 1980, mm-hmm. you know what yeah. I mean. That's kind of makes sense for it to cost fifteen mil, but it's grossed forty five mil. And I mean, forty five mil right now is probably less than fifteen mil was in nineteen eighty. Yeah. well, yeah. I mean, <laughs> so if, if you want to, really if you want to
1: run yeah. inflation for that, you're looking at approximately this movie costs forty five to fifty million dollars to make, and then it grossed two hundred million dollars, which is a decent run. Yeah, yeah. you know. So that's. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's not terrible, but it wasn't a. A huge
2: box office hit, and granted, for, box for office
1: hits are a new thing as mm-hmm. far as cinema yeah, goes. Yeah,
2: true. And Nicholson was had his finger in a lot of things.
1: Well, and this is this is coming on the coattails of One of Over the Cuckoo's Nest. Yeah. He was he was the big name draw. Yeah. Yep, yep.
2: That's a good
1: thing. Yeah,
3: and uh,
1: <laughs> yeah. So you had. You, I want to get back to this. You had mentioned the title cards where it's like Tuesday and Wednesday yeah. and shit like
2: that. That, in my opinion, was where I started to get turned off by Cooper. Yeah, because it wasn't. It didn't start that way. It was like mm-hmm. it, it started down like at the interview. It was mm-hmm. named. It was named something, and then it was, um, I forgot the next. But it it it, it turned in from a, a segment of the film into a day. It's chaptered, yeah. and it's it's and a it, it's I a think rookie. You said it's from it, until May first. I think they're there till, and then mm-hmm. shut it down. I think in November or something. October 30th. Oct- oh, really? That's yeah. so it's super early, mm-hmm. and it's a huge establishment, you know. And or it
3: could <clears throat> be 1929. <throat> so the what, whole so time. That's, what, that's what really what's so yeah, super frustrating. So you don't have. <laughs> not the timeline
2: is kind of fucked on this. The, you know, I don't, the see,
3: timeline is fucked in every one of his movies. <laughs> the timeline
1: for Maybe me is less important, and so these title cards are completely unfucking necessary. Hmm. It it breaks the visual flow. I have two. It yeah, cuts major. you off. It's
3: like you hit a brick wall. Every time there is one, you mm-hmm. not it it's like he didn't want him to separate the chapters. Yeah. And you're
2: upset about this.
3: I'm not. It's just <laughs> it's yelling it, at me. Okay. I'm yelling, <laughs> it, I'm yelling at Josh. If I turn my mic over here, I wish I was yelling at you, but I'm not yelling at you. But it's like hitting a brick wall every time it's like mm-hmm. Well, these yeah, are yeah, these yeah, are
1: young right. director problems. Like he not being he able had, to segment into the next Yeah, two. Issues with transitions. The first is those chapter title cards. Mm-hmm. Like they're unnecessary. Cut them the fuck out. You don't need them. Just transition to your next scene. Nobody needs to know it's an interview. We fucking notice. Mm-hmm. Nobody needs to know it's Tuesday. Yeah, just exactly. keep transitioning. Like the whole point. Where
2: is Kubrick in this? As far as like his, his numbers, as far as films done, is it offhand? Is it I'm early, not sure, it but early in it's. His I mean, I'm.
1: I want to say this is after 2001, The Space Odyssey. Okay, so he's done a few films. Like this is the 80s, and the majority of his or his first few big hits were 70s films. So mm-hmm. he's at least got a couple of things under his belt. Mm-hmm. And for him to have been, and we'll talk about this later, him to be accused of faking the moon landing, that was 59. Yeah. So he's 20 years so into he, his career. He
3: did Space Odyssey in 68, Clockwork Orange was in 71. Mm. Okay. So I mean so, Chime's yeah. in 80, so yeah. he probably even did So some, there's even more in between. Between. Oh wow. yeah, yeah. He's got a, more than I realized. So
2: that's what I'm saying. He's not he's, he's no. at this point he's a seasoned vet and he should Absolutely. He he's, is he's like, the insane. biggest name in yeah. directing at this point. Do you think he just like was like I'm I'm the shit. I mean, I, think I know it, he's got problems with perfection and like yeah. Everything. That's why
3: people who are like perfectionists. tear his movies apart. But Clockwork Orange
2: was I
1: mean a goddamn masterpiece. It was. It's you a know? Ter- It's a terrible movie. Uh, so, so, it's a masterpiece. Yeah, yeah. So that was
3: that was nine years before The Shining, right? Seven years after mm-hmm. The Shining is Full Metal Jacket, and that movie you can't like look back on that Ooh, movie and tell that. me it makes like any like. It simple, doesn't really. Like, to everybody
1: remembers the first half of Full Metal Jacket, never remembers that they went uh, yeah, to war. Right, it's right, a fucking
3: right. dream. It's a what did you say so, for? It's a dream fever. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a fever a dream? dream A fever dream. A fever dream. So it's
1: it's 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 comparable to those those wacky ass dreams you have when you're sick. That just make absolutely no sense, and you can't get away from. Like you wake up from it, okay. you wipe your brow, you go back to yeah, sleep, yeah. and you're you back in the You Think
2: that's why nonsense. he did the scene selection, like as far as the the, the book cards, um, maybe because you know how you can I skip, think, skip a skip a dream and go into another dream. I don't know. I this movie's kind of no. Hard. I think I it's think hard this on is, the psyche, I and mean, it's hard on your your mental
1: capacity. It's possible that he was trying to provide some sort of framework, but I think it, it was a, it was a weak well. move. Yeah. Because he, he struggles, after these. he struggles with transitions the whole movie.
2: Yeah. All he does does are fade ins and fade outs. Well, here's a transition: blood coming through two elevators, nonstop. See, yeah. he could have done yeah. way more. Like, than like that. It's just like, I, I get the I whole get the rushing blood. Re, and I think it's just redoing, like building. I get the point of redoing suspense, that, but, but
3: going down the same, going down the same hallways and changing. It's this. It's like you said, the lack of shots. Like mm-hmm. it was a really cool shot the first time the kid's on his trike going down the hallway. Mm-hmm. Right, you've seen everyone then. recreate it, that and everything, was just yeah. like the next time you see that, it's just the decor is different, mm. the rugs and and the hall yeah. is different.
1: Well, you can't deny that he
2: made iconic scenes. Yeah,
3: just and yeah, like totally. the,
2: the two sister scene, like that's mm-hmm. ingrained in everybody's mind. Yeah, everybody remembers the ex yeah. scene. You know, the 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 closing scene where he's frozen. You know, um, but yeah, no, absolutely. I, I I don't know. I think maybe I don't know. Jack Nicholson gave a Amazing performance in this. I think that he is one of the most talented actors ever to walk the face of this planet, and he seemed to take this role on full for like 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 the Joker's and stuff like mm-hmm. that. You know, he the he Joker's
3: bought, with the Batman. Yeah, the Batman. The, Batman. <laughs> the Batman. Give me the bat. Give me the bat. Stop exactly swimming. Yeah,
2: oh, I guess he he was the Joker. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, but no, he just he poured his heart into this and you mm-hmm. can totally tell just even by the inflection in his, in his voice and the way he speaks to people, it's, he's on it. The actors make this movie because yeah. if you go back and you think about it, the dialogue is fucking clunky. Mm-hmm. The transitions are clunky. There's, They're repetitive. All the dialogue is, 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 is his, you know, broken wife, being like, help me, help me, help well, me, and he's like, like, "Shut the fuck up." <laughs> the actual I'm conversation. Not hurt you. I'm
0: just gonna bash your
1: brains. In. <laughs> See the <laughs> that's in the, whole the movie. second half of the movie is written well. Mm-hmm. The first half, it's almost like aliens trying to act like humans. <laughs>
3: Stanley is a fucking alien. i will tell you, my our other another he guy went to the moon. Another guy who's important for our production Did team. Did they was saying the same thing? He's sorry, like, Mike.
0: <laughs> no, it's all good,
3: man. We'll get to the we'll get to the fan theories later. No, yeah, for sure. For
2: sure. Do should we are you still are we still rocking? I got video?
1: a I got a few notes here. Okay. That it's it's like it, it's just small shit. Um those were my my big gripes is mm-hmm. the the dialogue is kinda of clunky for the first half of the movie. The transitions he used that fade in, fade out overlay. In so many transitions that it just became. I started counting them at one point. Yeah. It's
2: like, oh, look, there's fourteen. You know, well, yeah.
3: You, it takes fifteen well, seconds for the next scene. Right. Like, uh, we were talking about uh, the, uh, the
2: screen uh, chapters or the, the segment chapters, and then you have these giant tones. You know, the, so that's a, another way, a cop out almost. You know, to segment into scene to scene.
1: Yeah, it's it. It's 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 rookie filmmaking or it's lazy filmmaking. Yeah. And Either you can way. tell,
2: like you you can,
1: I'm, tying this back to yeah. writing, like as a writer, I look back at the shit I've written, I'm like, I, I can tell I wasn't really into this chapter because I wrote it hastily. And then the shit that I was into is like the second half of this movie where it's fucking in depth mm-hmm. and great.
3: And that's come from a writer giving mm-hmm. credit critiques to a, a, a filmmaker. Which is the craziest part
2: because he's taking a writer's, Art yeah. and turning it into his own, and it and the whole shit. thing is it's like short. Jack. The
3: whole thing is Jack like getting fucking sick because he's fucking getting writer's block and shit. It's it's like, a movie by it, it was a book by a writer about a writer, getting yeah. a filmmaker block who's killing his, for his family. family. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 But I mean, I would say too, it's like a lazy approach to the filmmaking with like the mirrors being the repetitive factor throughout mm-hmm. the whole movie. Like so many shots were just shot through a mirror, and that Hold was on. like groundbreaking cinema.
1: Hold on. Because that's fucking huge. I need yeah. you to go back and explain the whole mirrors thing. I'm it, saying like the
3: first the first time Danny has a vision, mm-hmm. um, and is talking to himself with his buddy in the, who lives in his mouth. He's he's he's, he's talking to himself throughout the mirror. Yeah. Um, in the bathroom. Yes. Yeah. And you fast forward after the hotel and don't go into room 317, was 237. seven two thirty seven, and. Um, Danny goes in there and gets choked by a lady and then Jack goes in to intervene mm-hmm. and he doesn't realize that the beautiful woman he sees is a corpse until right. he sees after he's kissing her and holding her he sees a reflection in, in, the the, in the mirror right And
1: then the bar so this is this is probably the the key piece to what you're talking about yeah. is all the liquor is taken out of the movie at the very beginning like all the liquor is taken out of the bar and they're mm-hmm. like yeah we take it out so we don't have to pay the insurance and then Jack goes to the Golden Ballroom where the bar is, sits down, looks in the mirror, and suddenly the bar is full of liquor, and there's a bartender. So, mirrors play a huge part in that. Yeah, it, 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 they're, they're a huge part of the psychological thing. Even before,
3: thing. Like in between uh, the son freaking out for the first time and Jack like freaking out at the bar, the first scene where um, mm-hmm. Jack and Shelley Duvall are talking to each other about mm-hmm. how he's doing that that whole shot is recorded in a mirror. Yeah. So that's what I say. It's kinda of like almost lazy filmmaking. See it,
1: that I, part I, I I would say is is pretty stellar. Cause you and I had talked about this a little bit off mic where <laughs> there's there's a theory out there about the use of mirrors. Did you want to get into that now or you want to hang on to that?
3: I will say my last point and let you get into that. The last the last obvious mirror thing mm-hmm. is that the they reveal that the red rum that you've been hearing shriek throughout the last forty five minutes mm-hmm. is a sign for murder before yeah, the accident in the mirror, bathroom yeah. scene. it's it red that, rum
1: in a mirror spells murder. out of all, all the mirror oh, things the I can bathroom,
3: think yeah. of I can think of one later that ties into some backstory shit for the mirror mm-hmm. when he's backtracking through the snow, but we'll get to that,
1: yeah, but I mean I realistically I've only got a few like goofy notes where it's like uh so we. For our last episode, the one that released on October 1st, we did a movie about a main character named Winifred. Well, it's made It's it's a clear point in this movie that Wendy is short for Winifred.
3: Yeah. And also, the son in this movie's name is Danny. What was the daughter's name in in Hocus Pocus? It was was Danny (laughs) with an I, Danny with an I, and Danny with a Y. And And honestly, that's one of those things too. It's like fucking Kubrick. Yeah.
1: Right? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I mean realistically, I've just got some some goofy shit like they've, they've got uh, This is the first quote-unquote modern movie I can remember with the magic black man trope that was so common in mm-hmm. older film Where when you're talking about uh, Halloran uh, The head chef. Yeah, the, the one yeah, that's, shining,
2: that's shining with Mhm He has the same gift as Danny
1: Yeah, does. he's got the he's got the shine so he's, he's like this magical black man who can solve your problems granted that trope is twisted to where he can't solve any problems, but he it's still there.
3: He but if you think about it, it's like um, he doesn't just die right away. It's not. He, he tells the kid his his gift almost. He warns. Yeah, they talk, mm-hmm. they talk
2: in the kitchen or they eat yeah. ice cream. And, they, he, and, he, and, he, and he signals to him with his mind and he has a conversation. In well,
3: the most famous scene when Jack is putting an axe in the bathroom door and Shelly Duvall's in there with the kitchen knife. You know, only the kid can fit out. Only mm-hmm. Danny can yeah. fit out the window. Yeah. And get outside. So, what's safe. So I'm calling bullshit. That, that pitch was tiny. Regardless, yeah. <laughs> they say if you can put your head... Yeah, your head and your shoulder, dude, you can get the rest of your body. Through. But regardless when um, when our buddy... What's his name again? Danny? Yeah. Or Halloway. Holloway. When he pulls up in the snowcat... Mm-hmm. That's yeah. when Jack. That's when Jack turns around yeah. and goes after. Right. And so they're all like, "Oh my God!" We're yeah, saved. that, that gives that gives Shelley Duvall the chance to leave that bath. So or this she was dead.
2: and that's another problem I have with that thing because right Go after it. the bathroom, right after that scene, she's looking for Danny. That she's sent down a hill, mm-hmm. down a hill. And a, you know, there's a snowdrift. There's, 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 uh, there's snowdrift snow right up to the, for sure. Yeah, right so to he, the he slides down this thing, and she gets out because Jack's now trying to figure out what's going on. You he know. goes and
3: kills. Yeah, yeah. Scam um, Man,
2: but. She goes upstairs. Like there's a scene <laughs> where everything's blue and she's going upstairs to try to find Danny. And I'm I'm like, "Look, I'm I'm looking around. And I'm like, why the fuck is she looking for a kid upstairs?" Because she's a furry blonde. <laughs> fucking- yeah, and that's the that's like what the fuck is that? Like what what t- you said that there was something that I goes have, with this is that not to the you book have something or something? That, About on, that like, I, but why yeah. the hell was it 10 seconds or just a quick snip of of a dog in a in a suit? Blowing a guy in a bed. So there is a little bit of that in the book,
1: um, and it's even in the book. From what I remember, it's not all that well
2: explained. Um, one, there's, I've heard theories about like just everything evil in the hotel. Like, yeah, that you that's bring kind, that of to kind of, of the of, general
1: consensus.
2: I think that wasn't used. There's, enough there's there some out of place. You know?
1: There's some whacked out theories about this whole movie being about uh, sexual abuse. So that scene was left in, um, but generally. Critics will agree that that it it it's kind of a because uh, because how Holloway talks about scars, and you know mm-hmm. the the hotel you know, if something happens there's something left behind, yeah. that's something that happened in the hotel. It's a mirror image.
0: Of- yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that's
1: something that just lingers because it's not there all the time. Yeah. it just shows up. However, I'm going to change tracks a little bit here because I thought of something while you were talking about how bestiality. I mean, I'm sorry. <laughs> Pedophilia. <laughs> God damn it! You had to say that goddamn <laughs> word again. Um, so we've been we've been talking about mirrors this whole time, and f- for the most part, the only person that Danny talks to, other than his parents, is himself, and he barely talks to Jack. Yeah. So, and that's true. So he talks to Halloway, who has the shine, who has the gift. Halloway is kind of a mirror image, or a, a, a really a. A photo negative, pardon the term, there of of Danny. He's a Danny's a, a little white boy you with about the shine you
2: see about white guy versus black guy.
1: Well, I'm I'm trying to I'm trying to put this clearly. <laughs> I know what you're to do. I'm sorry, and, yeah, and to call it out. So Halloway is is an older black man with the shine. Yeah, ha- but they have the same gift, so they're mirrored
3: in it that way. It seems like he's, he's seen this before. No, he <laughs> says it. Yeah, he, yeah. he used to be able to talk to his grandma mm-hmm. without opening their mouth. No, I'm saying about. Uh, he, I'm just saying Halloway seen like, this happen. Yeah. is what Greg's saying. He's
2: seen it happen in the hotel. Yeah, so it's possible that Halloway is
1: like he's he's like Schrodinger's Halloway. He both exists and doesn't exist in the reality
2: that we're in. And I, I get that the entire movie. It's a dream state. Mm-hmm. Like the whole time. Especially with the way he's filming. Well, it's funny <laughs> that of, of all the movies we have
1: reviewed, this one and Lebowski are the two that really play with the concept of reality the mm-hmm. most. Yeah, even We did a movie about fucking magic and this movie... <laughs> plays more with reality,
3: you know. lebowski Full frontal magic. On our episode of Lebowski, we touched how that ties, ties mm-hmm. into Homer's Odyssey, right?
1: Yeah. I don't, well, no, uh, about how another of their movies ties. Oh, into Homer. sorry, oh brother, oh brother, yeah, oh brother. brother.
3: Sorry, sorry, but um, this movie with all the fan theories, my favorite one was the tying into the ancient mythic story of Theseus and the Minotaur minotaur that's okay so but
1: before you before you you tag at it because i have not heard this one before let me take a stab at it yeah so it
3: started at the fucked up shit we were just talking about yeah let's
1: let's see um so in theseus and the minotaur the king of is it crete the king of crete calls Mm -hmm. somebody i theseus obviously Son of, son of Sam. <laughs> of, Sam, um, Sam. Yep, he calls, exactly. he calls the, the, Theseus to come take care of the Minotaur, and the Minotaur lives in a maze,
3: a labyrinth,
1: a labyrinth. Yeah. I love and how learned you are.
2: <laughs> <I'm> so
3: glad <laughs> to have a. Great, <laughs> a, a Honestly, a, right now I'm loving it too.
1: <laughs> it's just because I'm like,
2: what the fuck is this <laughs> story? I'm trying.
1: I'm trying to remember the myth and tie it into this film. Like, see where it, where it goes. So
3: Theseus is being chased by the Minotaur throughout the labyrinth, right? And Theseus right. is unraveling a ball of like string yes. or twine. Fuck! Keep going. So, yes. So when Andy is uh, leading Jack through the maze, his his snow Bonner tracks. alert! Yeah, his snow I'm tracks seriously. are being left <laughs> behind, and Kubrick's doing a great job of showing Jack like. I like hunting. this movie again. Yeah. So Theseus un- <laughs> the and at a certain re- point, short. Theseus starts unraveling his, his yeah. twine and wrapping it back up, and to confuse the Minotaur. Mm-hmm. And that's how he escapes a minotaur.
1: I totally forget about the yarn part. Dang, yes, but the
3: only thing I want to say before you go on the yarn part is that the minotaur is the product of a union between, like, a man and a beast. Which, yeah, Which there the, it is. The, yeah. the fan theories, Holy they, fucking they, tie, shit. they say the only reason that scene is in there is because the Minotaur in the labyrinth. Good. That's good. Well, wow. St- yeah. that,
2: that's a good thing right there. But I still don't know why she's
3: going upstairs. Because I, <laughs> I needed an answer why she went upstairs and why she had to, why we had why did we have to see? I didn't have to see that. <laughs> yeah. So that's that's good. That's, what, that's, that's you're getting uh, at something because uh, it's uh, that's a good point, dude.
1: It's entirely possible now that you bring that up that Kubrick wanted to tell that story. Has he done and that before? Didn't know how to. I'm trying to think.
2: Does he bring mythology and um, stuff into play or? Not I mean, he's he's. He seems. He seems he very pulls full of himself, from everywhere. He so, very. He very much is. So I, I'm surprised to say. I'm surprised to hear that he actually was pulling from another author. Well, or, that's that's part of his pretension. That could and not.
3: I'm, that could not even be true. You know what I mean? Like, oh, of course. Mm-hmm. But, but always, it makes a
2: lot of sense. I mean, you know,
3: I this whole movie. Is he could tie on, that last scene just into his fucked up thing, mm-hmm. and not even you know what I mean. That doesn't really have anything to say about the rest of the movie. Well, it but. definitely
1: highlights the problem with Wendy going upstairs now, because. He had to find a reason to get Jack outside into the maze. Mm-hmm. So your the thing that the you, that's been a thorn in conquer. your side this whole time mm-hmm. yeah, is the biggest plot hole in the whole movie now that I'm, I'm realizing.
2: yeah, yeah. It's, That's cool. That's cool. You know, I also want to touch on, we talked about the maze mm-hmm. and stuff, and, and I want to give a nod to Kubrick. We've been ripping the shreds a little bit. But I thought it was really cool when they first got into the hotel, like it's like, the end of uh, the beginning of fall, or mm-hmm. you know, mid fall, October, and Wendy and Danny went on a walk mm-hmm. through this maze, and she's like, "Oh, this could take hours." Yeah, and th- at the end of the movie, that's what saved Danny's life was having gone it was through the having maze. Been, yeah. been there before, and he and he's he's that type of person where he's he remembers, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? He's got that you know that well. It's like a, you say, he's thing.
1: he he could be a on the spectrum, spectrum or he's he's got a great memory, and he's just. Yeah. He's the the quintessential you know, I mean, anti social genius. Yeah, and yeah, if you
3: think about it, if, if uh, Scatman didn't show up, mm-hmm. what was his name again? Halloway? Uh, Halloway, Halloway uh, yeah.
2: Hall- Halloran. Halloran. Right.
3: If he didn't show up, right, Shelly Duvall dies in the bathroom with an axe, and the right. kid yeah. still gets away yeah. with the same For ending sure. of Jack For freezing sure. out there. Well, so, I mean, the kid dies at that
1: point. Mm-hmm. Without Shelly to, to, to get them down the mountain. Done.
2: Done.
3: You know they, they also does. nodded to her. True, uh, true. But well, I mean, he could just go back inside because Jack freezes. Right, good. but he's gonna start they, they nodded he's like to her. Like the, the dude, they had thirty months of pork pulled pull pork, bro. <laughs> <laughs> they had, the, she... You remember the NASA, the bullshit NASA thing we were talking yeah. about well, before? That? Before I don't we want to talk on. Before, before we were get to in that the food cellar,
2: I want to hear what Greg has to okay, say. I was gonna say, Grady warns them, and he says that. She's a lot more like when when they she puts it she knocks him on the head on the stairwell Mm -hmm. after uh, a great great line. No, for those who haven't seen the movie,
1: be clear who she knocks on the head. She knocks. I'm not
0: gonna
2: hurt you.
1: I'm just gonna bash your brains.
2: Wendy, stop swinging the bat. Wendy, stop swinging the bat. Wendy, give me the bat. (laughs) Wendy, darling, light of my life. That's her. So they nod to him. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they they nod to her and uh they when he's in the when he's in the dry storage area or whatever she mm-hmm. he throws a lock on. Um they say she's a, in his head or I'm sorry the who comes Grady comes to, Grady comes to say yeah. Right, yeah. Yeah. and says, you know, she's a lot more uh forget the word but a lot more unique, a lot more yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm stumbling, but she is with all of her doubts and all of her shitty strength and her chain smoking and all of her need me help me kind of way, she is stronger than stronger she appears. She's than the she hero. Yeah. She, you know, and mm-hmm. that's they they play on. So I'll nod to two of those reasons because it it's so refreshing sometimes when you have like that like the amazing scene in the beginning and it falls it saves everybody's life in the it's something so meaningless at yeah. the beginning. Yeah. See, it, it saves everybody's life at the end, except yeah. for the dickhead. But yeah no I well the,
1: the maze is essentially um a Chekhov's gun. it goes off at the end it's one of those things where it's shown in the in an early scene and it has to come back and play a part
2: yeah yeah be yeah. absolutely <clears throat> yeah no it's it's it, it's a good flick man it it's it, it's got its ups and downs mm-hmm. but uh like you go back you you hate. You hate Jack and you love him because yeah. he's the best actor in this whole fucking film. No matter what, I mean, Jack. It's the Jack show. Yeah. All work and no play make Jack a dull boy. All Jack. All work and adult play make Jack. You know, <laughs> you go through his- All work and adult play. No, no, it, it literally, it literally, if you go through, if you go through the the, when he she, starts
3: making out with the corpse. No, go,
2: <laughs> I'm saying when when she finds his, he's been working so fucking hard the whole yeah, time. Yeah. She finds his book. She yeah. finds it and she and it's all you know different. Stanza, yeah, that's where yeah, he got breakups, what yeah. Got and, got. But, the, but it's not just all work and no play. It, it, he's 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 moving around all work and no play into yeah. like anal work and no play. I'm just I'm just saying like the, the the move the the words are moved around a little bit and it's kind of cool yeah. to see. It's really small and he can't catch it like right off the bat, um, but. It's the Jack Yeah, show. it's written like paragraphs it's, or stanzas. Yeah, but the, but the words yeah. change as far as like uh, he. You moves. see
3: some you see some typos mm-hmm. out yeah, exactly. there. Exactly, the typos some, are important. Yeah.
2: Like mm-hmm. you, you talk about Kubrick being a perfectionist. That is, I think that that was directly intentional, tied to that. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, well, and it's it like coming
1: into this, I I really despised everything about it. Like like I said, this is the first time I've watched it critically. Mm. And I was disappointed with some elements of it. But now with this conversation, I think I'm probably going to waffle on whether I like this movie or not for the rest of my life. Like, I'm, I'm going to go back and forth as to the genius and the, the bullshit kind of, of Kubrick.
2: Intentional? Coop, you've been kubrick It's
1: possible. And like I said, Kubrick is the, is the prototype J.J. Abrams.
3: Yeah, after you get aside, like you get over the fact that like your favorite author, your first favorite author hated... The movie, yeah. you know what I mean. After you, realize Stephen King hated mm-hmm. the production that Stanley Kubrick did. Well, it's kind Jack, of like, I don't know. I Knowing that, I can get past it. Look at it from a critical point. I see all this,
2: yeah, kind of all this other shit. And, well, you Josh, see it from Josh, different angles. I talked to him last night, and he's like, he's so downtrodden, and like, I was pissed. pissed. He's, like, <laughs> he's like, it's like seeing your hero. Well,
3: and, I mean, trying to like
2: analyze a, Kubrick, he's a, he's, a, he's a fraud. Yeah. yeah,
3: you have to be yeah. a sociopath <laughs> to like sit here on a podcast and try to analyze Kubrick and like have. Mm. People like, but... Well, like, he, he, defies, Kinda. He, he defies... He defies... <laughs> 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 kind of, <dude>. Talk <laughs> <about laughs> <mirror> vision <laughs> for the last <laughs> fucking hour. Like.
2: Well, our eyes are mirrored.
1: So...
3: <laughs> his I, aren't. His yeah. Yeah.
1: I have a feeling we're just going to go in circles around this. So, Greg, any last thoughts?
2: Last thoughts? I'm just getting started, baby. What do you want
1: on your tombstone?
2: Pepperoni. <laughs> oh. that whole classic
1: pepperoni and cheese all right you heard you heard it here first folks what greg thinks about the shining is pepperoni
2: (laughs) no it's a no it's a solid flick and especially i like how it ties together the front and the back he's he's he really did do a good job at at connecting some dots not Mm -hmm. all um but the way they made their escape and how everything came through um the bar we, we we didn't really talk about the bar scenes with lloyd Mm -hmm. Um, But I think that's... Best goddamn bartender from Timbuktu to Portland, Maine. That's what I'm fucking talking about. (laughs) I thought that was me. Lloyd, fill me up again. (laughs) But no, just like... That whiskey was so so watered down, by the way. The end of that movie ends with him frozen in a a dumb stupor. And he gives the same face at the bar that after he takes his first drink off the wagon.
1: That was something I had not noticed until you brought it up.
2: Yeah, no. The bartender you said mirrors there's a mirror mm-hmm. at the bar like yeah he's looking back at himself and you don't even know if he's really drinking he, he's not really drinking yeah but he's he's giving in that mind state and that's that well that's, that was it's all psycho it's all psychology that was that was kind of why i was i was wrapping up a little bit because
1: shasti are not superstitious superstitious person fucking gay had some shit. conspiracy theories so like yeah i kind of feel the same way about the movie where overall it's it's, it's a good flick it's just it's the best bad flick or the worst good flick I've ever seen. That said, Shostakovich, oh, you had you, just went, you had I, some you went Polish to very Russian <laughs> Yeah,
3: no, I didn't for my last sauce I, I'd hate to touch base on the you know, the moon landing being Well, that's huge Lay into it. Lay into oh, it's it. Huge. I'll lay it's into a huge it. Part. So it's like a a big conspiracy theory that a TV show called The MythBusters debunked, like I don't know, like 20 years ago or something. It was like the most documented event that's ever happened. But the the people who are really hard in the conspiracy of the moon landing believe that Stanley Kubrick, like helped uh, mm-hmm. the government or NASA create the video. And there's right? other movies right. that not. So that as well. when you when you when uh, Greg was talking about Jack getting locked in the food pantry, um, the real quick point I was gonna say that doesn't like solidify the fact <laughs> of this happening. It just solidifies their argument that Kubrick was um like admitting to it. Almost, was, yeah. Was that there was Tang like on the top shelf. Yeah. I noticed that. Yeah, there yeah. was. It was just like the whole fucking like two, two top shelves were Tang. And that was like what they latched on to. And it was awesome for me to like look back and read, obviously from this point of view. But uh, I said what I had to say about the movie. Well, I mean, I, I think it's a great movie. I've loved yeah. it since I was a kid, but it's yeah. I the the, the, fan, the fan the fan stuff
2: is really cool on this stuff. They're, they're, yeah. they, they dive in, you know, and you, there's intelligent people out there. There's there's into, uh, intelligent life on Earth. It's true, you know. Critical yeah, thinking. Yeah, a lot of them. So, they might be. Skewed. A lot of them are dumbfounded by <laughs> they, yeah, this movie and lack skewed, of like content,
3: continuity. One of the <laughs>
1: one of the reasons I was I was excited about Shosty to bring that up was there is a movie with Ron Perlman called Moonwalkers, about, you know the possible faking of the moon landing and yeah. it's it's a movie that i definitely want to do in the future it's a great movie it's fucking hilarious and yeah so keep your eyes peeled for that one or i guess your your ear balls peeled Earballs, for that one
2: your balls, maybe eyeballs by that point. <laughs> yeah yeah we that might be a live show at yeah, some no, point it's, it's really cool i mean this this movie is so open for interpretation it's mm-hmm. it's a it's a brain fuck, and that's that's Kubrick in a nutshell. You know, it's it a brain. It could fuck. have been so done. It could have been done better as far as segmenting mm-hmm. and, and transitions. Mm-hmm. But for
3: what he was going for, I think it was done perfectly. It kind of leaves I me feeling it perfect, weird. But it it leaves me feeling weird a lot of the time. But I think that's kind of like <laughs>
2: there's
3: you those know, tie, fighters again. <laughs> the tie fighters again. Dude, that's all I heard when I was watching <laughs> yeah, yeah. shit on my headphones. I was Seriously. like fucking freaking out. They, they do.
2: I don't know who the you know the the musical director The synthesizer. That was, that was
1: all, all Kubrick. Kubrick. Yeah. Like, he was he's such a, he was such a micromanager that he refused to let anyone dictate the music. Like, he, he picked one person and he told him what he wanted to hear. And outside of that, he picked all the sounds, all, the, all the foley. There's a lot of weird
3: sounds going on in the background yeah. of that He, was, he so micromanaged the, a lot of oh, the background. And yeah.
2: as Shasta was saying, like, he... And you were saying, 100 takes, you know, per scene. You know, and then... Yeah. Sometimes the only change like Why would, are you being so particular? The One only, the only, message
3: are you trying to fucking subliminally change, pass? The only change
2: here? would be like a chair in the room. Mm-hmm. Like prop props, you know what I mean? It's
3: He's yeah. setting you up to like break you mentally and give you he really bad dreams for a month, especially like, in this movie. Yeah.
1: Like you look at you look at some of his other work and it's it's about mental health, like Clockwork, Clockwork Orange, Orange. Yeah. Okay. and and uh, Apocalypse Now, Even definitely movie. about, you know, this movie. shell shock yeah. or war fatigue and 2001 is kind of the photo negative of this film where it's also slow but it's slow in a different way mm-hmm. where it, it, it's got these long drawn out scenes of the ship from the outside and the, the sounds that eventually became synonymous with space travel like the music both in this dun, dun, movie dun, and, it, and in 2001 you think dun, it's space dun. Da,
3: da, da. <laughs> Rick Flair, Nation Boy. <laughs>
2: on that note, yeah,
1: let's uh,
3: some plot.
2: Let's wrap it up Plug a little bit. We've
1: we've got a guest that just walked in the door. We got to talk to this yeah,
2: guy. slid on under.
1: So, this has been Cocktail Cinema. You can find me, Josh. At uh, on <laughs>
0: best goddamn bartender from teen- goddamn right
1: on on Twitter at the prices right three one two that's R I G H T you can find our other podcasts and uh, articles the other stuff we do on the website at the prices right com that's W R I T E and Greg am I forgetting something man you wrote a book I'm pretty sure fuck I wrote a book I wrote a book <laughs> so I wrote a young adult a young You're adult like an novel author
2: you have things to say <laughs> I have
1: published. A work. It is a young adult novel. It's like a real uh, book. Like
3: I'm holding it from she's <laughs> literally got it in front of him. I copped it today. <laughs> it's uh,
1: it's buy called it. Reaper, it's the first in a series. You can find that on Amazon, Barnes Noble, anywhere online where you buy your books in hardcover paperback or ebook. And next year we're looking at doing a, an audiobook. Fozzie Bear, where can we find you? <clears throat>
2: Podcast or Twitter. Look forward to hearing your thoughts and processes on this flick, as well as the other umbrella stories we have. Going. It's been a pleasure. Master of the mix, the the, the man who made all our music.
3: You guys, what, what, uh, <laughs> yeah. You guys find me on Twitter. Shasta got bands, B A N D Z. Find me uh, same handle on Instagram too.
1: Excellent. Um, support our Patreon if you are so financially inclined. Uh, I believe it is uh, the Price Is Right at Patreon.com. But if you just go to Patreon and look us up, you'll find us pretty easy. Um, there you'll find some of our bonus episodes and our. Uh, we're gonna have some behind-the-scenes stuff coming up, some exclusive episodes.
2: We can get some sweet merch too. Yeah,
1: there's some. We'll tie in
2: some good content. Yeah. Some funny photos. We're working there.
1: on getting a, uh, a merch store here soon. Um, so if you're if you're a graphic designer, if you want to donate something, maybe we can do a
2: if you're an interior designer, we can make a picture yeah. of us. Yeah. yeah. I in mean, we've in got in the middle the, of your two room. of the three of us are, are looking
1: at new houses. So <laughs> <laughs> interior designers necessary. Um, I think that's all folks say goodbye.
0: And we're going to make a new rule. Whenever I'm in here you hear me typing, whether you don't hear me type typing, whether the fuck you hear me doing in here, when I'm in here, that means that I am working. That means don't come in. How do you think you can handle that? Yeah. Fine. Why don't you start right now and get the fuck out of here?